Employability Service Roscommon. The Employability Service is an employment and recruitment service which assists people with a disability or health issue to find a suitable job of their choice. Are you currently aged over 18 years? Do you have a disability or health issue? Would you consider working part-time? If so, why not let Employability Service Roscommon support you to find that job in your local area? This is a confidential and free individualised service funded by the Department of Employment Affairs and Social Protection. Are you managing a mental health issue? We offer an individual placement and support service which is funded by the HSC and offers a range of tailored personalised supports to people using mental health services who wish to work. Although we cannot meet clients face-to-face during the COVID-19 period of restrictions, we can work with you by phone, online or by post. Whatever way is best for you. For further information, call 090-662-8608 or call or text 087-653-8176 or email info at rosemp.ie. This product is for over 18 existing adult smokers and vapors only, as it contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive substance. Are you ready to discover the unseen? Because I'm never one to miss out on the moments that matter. That's why, these days, I choose Nordic Spirit Nicotine Pouches. I can enjoy them anytime, anywhere. With no tobacco, no smoke, no fuss, no smell. However busy my days or nights get, I just slip a pouch under my lip and relax. Nordic Spirit, available in Smooth Mint or Berry Citrus. It's the Nordic way to enjoy nicotine that's now available in Ireland. Follow us on Instagram at nordicspirit underscore IE. Hi, Jim McCausland here, presenter of the Business R Show on Ross FM. Just dropping by to let you know the Business R Show airs every Thursday from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. on Ross FM 94.6. To listen in, visit rossfm.ie forward slash live or download my weekly podcast from anchor.fm forward slash the Business R Show. Text your questions and comments to 083-85-99748 or info at rossfm.ie. The Business R Show, supporting local and international business through local radio. Hello and welcome to the Business Show on Ross FM with me, Jim McCausland. Today, I'm delighted to be joined in studio by Teresa Hanratty, Project Manager at Learning Waves SkillNet. Welcome to the show, Teresa. Thanks for joining us. It's great to be with you, Jim. Thank you. Teresa, uh, for our listeners that aren't familiar with Learning Waves SkillNet, could you tell us a bit about the organisation? I can, and thanks for giving me the opportunity to talk to your listeners. Um, Learning Waves is the training body for the independent commercial radio sector in Ireland. It was founded back in 2004. God, that seems such a long time ago now, but it's it's flown by. And the idea was that all of the stations in the independent sector would come together to pool their resources, I guess, to look and see how they could together get the best value for money in terms of high-quality training at an affordable price for people working within the sector. And I suppose it was born out of a, a research survey that was conducted by the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland back in 2002 that looked at the training needs within the sector and they came up with a lot of different training needs from management 
right across the broad spectrum of radio um, and that stations wanted to engage in the design and delivery of training that would, I suppose, reflect what they were doing and would be bespoke for the independent radio sector, bespoke for radio, really. Um, so on that basis, it was set up in 2004 and they looked for funding, I guess, to see how they could deliver all of the training that they needed to deliver at an affordable price. So what they did then was they came together as an organisation, sought funding from an organisation called Skillnet Ireland, and were successful in securing funding in 2004 for, for nine months. But here we are, Jim, 17 years later, still talking about learning waves. I guess it has in some way been successful for the sector. And thankfully it has. Thankfully it has. It's great to have it. Theresa, how is the organisation governed? I suppose like we're set up as a limited company, Jim, so like all organisations in that space, we're bound by the rules that are defined in terms of our our setup as a legal company. We have a board um, made up of 12 different members from across the independent radio sector, and they would be mainly management representatives from across regional, national and local radio stations. And we have a chairperson, secretary, treasurer, and then we would have a conductor AGM every year. We held that recently there on Zoom um, back at the end of April. And we'd have a process whereby members of the board would rotate every two years. Um, so we would have a constant, I suppose, influx of new people coming into the board. Now, existing board members can put themselves up for re-election. That goes out to the industry and that's decided at our AGM. But we would have quite a broad mix of people on the board that would range from a management level in a radio station to a programming level to a news level to a sales level so we try and get as much representation from all the different areas of radio at our board um, from year to year so our current chairperson is Martin Howard who is the program director in Shannon South Northern Sound station Mm -hmm. probably not too far away from you there yourself so Martin has been chairperson he's just into his second year now as chairperson of the board. Theresa, do you use partner with other organisations or is it a standalone kind of a thing? In a way, it's a standalone organisation, Jim. Mm-hmm. We're, we're the only organisation providing training for the sector in the in the country. And we partner with, as I mentioned earlier, the funding organisations that I suppose would help us to design and deliver the training programmes that we, we do on an annual basis. And the idea behind the funding from Skillnet Ireland, which comes from the, the Department of Education and Skills, is that that is, um, I suppose, essentially taxpayers' money, it's employers' money that goes back into a national fund. And Skillnet Ireland are the national agency tasked with, I suppose, giving out that money to what they call networks. And Learning Ways would be one of Skillnet Ireland's networks, and we get funding from them. Up until 2019, we'd be receiving funding from them on an annual basis, but thankfully, at the end of 2019, all of the networks that have been funded by Skillnet Ireland were awarded three-year funding, which was brilliant. While we receive funding from Skillnet Ireland, we do have to, as an industry, match that funding. So if we get a euro from Skillnet Ireland, essentially the industry has to take in a euro. Mm-hmm. So it's what they call match funding and it works really well in that all of the independent radio stations are members of Learning Ways and as such they would pay us an annual membership fee um, to be part of it and to avail of the training that we provide. We also partner with the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland which as you know is a regulator for the, the broadcast sector in Ireland and through their sectoral learning and development funding we would receive funding from them on an annual basis as well and I suppose that goes some way to fulfilling their role under the Broadcasting Act in 2009, which would set out a responsibility for them to train people within the sector. 
In addition to that, we would work very closely in partnership with Broadcasting Authority in terms of designing and delivering some training programmes. And obviously, you know, as they are the industry regulator, keeping the industry up to date with the regulations from a programming, from a commercial perspective that are in place. In parallel to that, we have a very good working relationship with the um, Independent Broadcasters of Ireland, the IBI, who are the lobbying body for the industry. And the chairperson of that is John Purcell and is headed up as well to the project manager by Lisa Nicostida. And they play a key role, I suppose, in lobbying in relation to changes for legislation across the sector. They've also played a huge role in the last 15 months in looking at funding for the independent radio sector, which has been received through the Sound and Vision funding, um, particularly during COVID-19. So we would work very closely in partnership, I suppose, with the main bodies that are involved in in the sector itself. Teresa, we'll discuss some of the training programmes in more detail later on Mm -hmm. in the show, but can you tell our listeners a brief outline of the kind of training courses that are offered by Learning Waves? Jim, we provide a wide range of training courses. As you know, there's many facets to a radio station from Mm -hmm. your your managerial, you know, right across your programming, your commercial end of it, your digital end of it, which has become a big big part of it now. So we would provide design and deliver training programmes across all of those areas. And our main role is to provide training for people working within the sector. We would do a lot in the area of voice training. We do a lot in the area of the legal end in terms of, you know, content, what you can and can't say on air and in, in line with the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland regulations, both from a programming and a commercial perspective. And then there's a broad spectrum of courses that we've introduced over the last number of years, but I suppose particularly since COVID-19 hit in relation to digital, social media, podcasting. And you would know yourself, Jim, in terms of, you know, the, the landscape has changed in the last number of years in terms of the audio content and where it can and how it can be distributed by radio stations. So not only can we distribute it on air, on our traditional FM, but it goes out on so many other platforms. So we would provide a lot of training in that area for people working across the sector. We also then look at training for people who are looking to get into the sector, and we might talk about that maybe later in, in the show as well. Teresa, uh, for people from a media background interested in some of the courses on offer, do you have to be a Learning Waves member? And are some of the courses part funded by government organisations? Well, yeah, I suppose the, answer, the short answer to that question is yes, you have to be a member of Learning Waves to avail of the training programmes because, as I mentioned earlier, the the organisation has been set up by the independent radio stations in Ireland. They would pay a membership fee to Learning Waves and then on top of that then the Skillnet Ireland funding is matched. Um, So essentially to avail of the training programmes you have to be a member of of the organisation. Now, there are cases where we would work with people, you know, who are maybe looking to get into the sector, people who are working, you know, just on the fringes of the sector, and we can make special exemptions for that. But, you know, 99% of our training is for people who are working in the sector because it's paid for by the sector, essentially. Um, we have to, I suppose, just prioritise people who are working in the sector in relation to the training programmes that we're providing. Teresa. Has COVID impacted on Learning Waves and the work it does throughout Ireland? I suppose like like every organisation, like every business, COVID-19 has had a huge impact on what we do and how we do it. And back to, I think we had a board meeting last year on the 10th of March in Dublin and it was on the back of a BAI event being held up in Dublin Castle. And as we were coming out of that meeting, you know, the restrictions were being announced, everything was closing down. 
one of our member stations, Highland Radio, were about to celebrate 30 years on air. And that weekend, they were going to be the Grand Marshals in the St. Patrick's Day Parade in Letterkenny. They had a big event with Daniel O'Donnell organised to celebrate it. Everything had stopped. Everything was gone. You know, and I suppose everything changed for our business as well, too. And we're very much geared around delivering face-to-face training and a huge element of what Learning Ways does as well is that it provides networking opportunities for people working within the industry and people looking to get into the industry and as you can imagine Jim that networking takes place if you've got 12 or 15 people Mm -hmm. in a training room there's huge networking takes place there's huge learning among each other not just from the trainer but from the people attending the training courses so we very quickly moved to using Zoom as our main platform to deliver all of the training courses. But I suppose when I say very quickly, there's a lot of work involved in getting Zoom up and running and getting trainers confident in using Zoom and trainers you know, confident in delivering their content online. We did a lot of work with some of our trainers to adjust what they would have been doing in a two-day program to you know, how best could we deliver that on Zoom to get the maximum out of it for the people that would be attending the course. And we find now that we are looking at, you know, delivering our training in bite-sized chunks that you have people on two-hour courses, two-hour modules, but that could be spread over a 10-week period. And so it's hugely impacted us, but I suppose I, I, I should say it's been hugely positive because it's allowed us to reach out to people that we may not have reached out to in the last number of years. And it's allowed us to reach out to people that we never reached out to before because it's now become so much more accessible in that people are not traveling huge distances to attend a training course in Dublin, to attend a training course in Galway. They can sit in their office, they can sit at home and they can attend it virtually. And that has been, I suppose, a big win for us and people who have been working in the sector as well too. What we have, I suppose, made a very conscious effort to is while we're delivering all this training virtually, the trainer is live in the room. So we try and replicate the traditional classroom as much as we can. I think that's an important thing that you have mentioned about the accessibility of the training. Mm-hmm. So now we've moved away from a format of you have to meet at such and a place at such and a time to you can dial in from your kitchen, your living room, your workplace. You can tune into these courses. Uh, there, there isn't the travel time. So they're far more accessible to people. I suppose the challenge there is how do you keep people engaged with a program because I know if we're sitting in a room and there's a training course going on you you have to kind of keep focused on what's happening but if you're in a house setting and you're watching it on a, on your laptop it might be a bit more challenging to keep people engaged and I suppose 100% agree with you Jim on that and that's where I suppose we've done the work behind the scenes with our trainers to make those sessions as interactive as we can And, you know, that you're doing quite as much, you know, on Zoom as you may have been in that two-hour session in the classroom. So we've got a combination of, you know, you've got your traditional PowerPoint presentation. The trainer may take a a break, come out of that after 10 or 15 minutes, go to the room for a discussion in the virtual Zoom room. But also then there's exercises built in as part of that two hours. And there's breakout rooms, which is a great function that is available in Zoom where you can meet other people, you know, and have the opportunity to talk to them as well. You know, and we we, we do accommodate people in as much as we can. And, you know, with all that's been going on for the last 15 months, people will inevitably have things going on in the background, particularly if they're at home while they're doing the training. 
But we are finding that we are getting huge engagement from people on the courses. We have very little dropout rates. We have really good completion rates in terms of, particularly with our longer term programs where, you know, we have built in assignments and projects to those programs as well. And we get very good completion rates on those. And I, that, I think, is down to the skill of the trainers and their ability to, you know, keep people in the room and keep them engaged for as long as they can during that training session. It's certainly a new way of uh, running courses. Mm -hmm. Looking forward, do you think that this is going to be the new norm or do you think that we're going to end up going back to the way we did do things? I hope we will go back in some way, Jim, to to doing things in, in some of the ways that we did them. I think it will change. I would hope that it would be a blended approach, that you could have a mix of you know, your online training and then certainly some of the, the classroom training where it's face to face, you know, and I because I think that's, you know, hugely valuable in terms of actually being out, meeting people, the networking element that's associated with that. Just huge knowledge sharing that takes place when that is happening. But I, I do think it will go to a blended approach, maybe particularly over longer programs where you can you know, maybe get people to meet on the first day, bring them back in the middle and have them meet on the final day. But in between, they can be doing the training um, via Zoom. Personally, I hope it goes to some um, somewhere like that, that there will be an element of classroom training that we will get back to. I don't foresee it happening before Christmas. I think we probably will be the other side of Christmas from our own perspective in terms of, of doing that, because I think... The challenge is going to be for radio stations to get people actually back to the offices, you know, through September and through October and probably to minimise any, you know, things that might happen between then and Christmas. We probably would leave it until early in the new year, maybe to be opening up the opportunities for people to come back into a classroom environment. Like, well, we're getting great engagement on Zoom. We are getting, you know, at the end of the courses as well, too, it would be great to meet in person. And I think mm-hmm. that's would be hugely beneficial but I I do think it will change but I'm hoping it would be a blend I think it's in the Irish psyche to be um, sociable and we love getting out to meet people and having the chat and having the banter and all this here so I think think you're right what you're you're saying uh, that a blended approach is the best way where it's not all classroom but it's not all online learning as well Absolutely. And, you know, and there's where the opportunities present themselves for people that are on courses. We would have had people down through the years who've been on courses, met people from other radio stations and you would find in, you know, three or four months time they're working in those radio stations because they've been headhunted as a result of being on the course. So, you know, there's so many opportunities to be gained from, as you said, out meeting people in a classroom environment or in, I suppose, in any kind of environment that we can now. Okay. Each week I ask our guests to pick three tracks of music for us to listen to. What's the first track you have for us, Teresa? One of my favourite songs has to be Brian Adams' Summer of 69. That's great. That's coming up next. I got my first real six string Bought it at the five and done Played it till my fingers bled Was it summer of 69?
This is Martina Dockery from the Mixed Bag Music Show. I'm just dropping by to let you know about an exciting opportunity to advertise on Ross FM 94.6 and on our website, rossfm.ie. Have your ad on the air this week and remind Roscommon that you are open for business. Take advantage of our competitive rates and submit your application today at rossfm.ie forward slash advertise. So do it today. We're waiting to hear from you. Ross FM supporting local business. Welcome back. I'm joined in studio today by Teresa Hanratty, Project Manager at Learn and Wave Skillnet. Teresa, Learn and Waves are currently running a journalism graduate programme for 2021. Can you tell us about the programme and the benefits it has for those interested in applying? Um, I can, Jim. Yeah, this is a fantastic programme and one that we're, we're really excited to be rolling out again in 2021. It comes on the back of a pilot programme that we ran in 2019 where we gave the opportunity to five graduates to work across five different radio stations for a period of five months. And during that five months, they would be paid um, for their internship. And, and alongside working in the radio station, they would also receive training support and training programmes from Learning Waves. So... Such was the success of that programme back in 2019 um, and early 2020 that we applied for funding to the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland at the end of 2020 to see if we could get funding for 10 graduates to be placed across 10 different radio stations in 2021 and spilling over into 2022. So we were delighted at the end of January of this year that we were awarded the funding and the funding from the DAI would support the graduates in terms of their placement, in terms of them being paid in the radio stations. And then, I suppose, supplementary to that as well, Learning Ways would support the training that would be provided to the graduates when they're placed within the radio station. But it's been hugely successful. We did, I suppose, promote it on the radio stations that are part of Learning Ways. We also promoted it on our social media. And we have 10 places available and we have 105 applications for the programme coming from a wide range, I suppose, of um, areas across the country, a wide range of colleges as well, too, where you have the graduates applying from. And it's a really brilliant opportunity for them to work in a radio station for five months where they will be mentored by the news editor in whatever radio station they get to work in. They were there, as I said, for five months. They will get the opportunities to break news stories. They'll get the opportunities to create their own news stories. And really, they'll get the opportunity to have their voice heard on air in the radio station that they're going to be working with. Um, two of the graduates who were part of the programme in 2019 are still working within the sector, um, really, really successful, you know, still work. One is working in a newsroom, one is working as a producer of a talk programme in one of the radio stations. And it's been a really, really successful programme for the graduates that have been involved in the programme in 2019. But it really is a great opportunity for anybody out there who's coming out of college, study journalism over the last three years, to get in to see how radio works, see how content is created, see how news content is created, and for them to play their part in, you know, a radio station, in a local radio station where, you know, it means so much to the people that are that are in that area and they can break stories, they can create stories and have great opportunities to create content for on air and online as well. So it's a brilliant, brilliant opportunity and we're delighted to be rolling it out again in twenty twenty one. That's great. Teresa, are applications still open for the internship? Unfortunately, Jim, they closed. They closed on the 21st of of May. Mm -hmm. But what I would say to any graduate out there who's interested in getting into radio to get in touch with us and we can provide some assistance to them in terms of where 
they could go. We run additional courses. We'd be running a boot camp course, a music presenter boot camp course in September of this year that we're just about to launch next week. So that will be available to um, graduates who may be interested in the presenting end of radio and that's fully funded under Skillnet Ireland. So it will be free to graduates. Again, there'll be an application process and a screening process for that mm-hmm. programme as well. So there's, there's a number of opportunities that we have for people who are looking to get into the sector as well if they would just like to get in touch with us. Teresa, you have got massively oversubscribed for the internship programme. How are you going to whittle down those kind of numbers? Yeah, look, it, it, it's great to see the, the applications and the interest that is there. And, you know, it's really heartening, I think, for people working in radio to see that so many people are interested in furthering their career in this area as well. It's unfortunate that we don't have enough money to fund the 105 people who've applied for the course, Jim, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. But what we will be looking for and what we set out to look for in the applications that the students would have completed, we'll be obviously looking at their qualifications today. So, what you know, when have they, they graduated, what qualifications that they have, it obviously has to be media related. And we look then to see, we've asked them to complete in the application in 500 words why they want to be a part of this journalism graduate programme. And that will tell us a lot about the graduate, um, you know, in terms of why they want to be involved in it. It'll give us a little bit about their background, but it'll also show us their ability in terms of writing. And then the key thing as part of the application was a demo, a voice demo that we asked graduates to submit as well to us. And you know yourself as well, listening to people who are looking to get on air or to come on air. Their voice is really, really important. Now, that's not to say that we will provide training for people and we will work with people, but if we get an inkling from that demo that they've sent in that there's potential there, that would be something that would factor in in the screening process along with the qualifications and why people want to be part of the programme. Teresa, Learning Waves runs a TY media programme. Why did Learning Waves target this programme towards TY rather than first-year students? A very good question, Tim. And I think the answer to that is, Simply that when we were looking at this programme, which is funded under the, the BEI Sound and Vision Scheme and co-funded them with Learning Waves itself, we looked to see, you know, how could we raise the profile of media among younger people and how could we give them an understanding of how the media works um, by immersing them in radio stations and in radios and how they operate. So when we were looking at who we targeted, uh, TYs were probably, the, I suppose, the prime group that came to the fore when we were discussing this, predominantly because of what they're doing during the TY programmes, that students are looking for placements and stations will have experience where, you know, somebody was coming looking for a placement this week, somebody was looking for it next week, somebody was looking for it next January. And they felt that if we had a programme designated for them, they could give students a much better experience by bringing them into a radio station for a week where they would undergo um, a training course that would be supported by Learning Waves. They would have a mentor in the radio station. And at the end of that week, they would get to create content that would be broadcast on that radio station. And that content would either go out live or it would be pre-recorded. So I guess that's the basis for the programme for TY students at the moment. I suppose they're also... You know, in that year in college, they have the opportunities to be doing more. They have the opportunity to be able to come out of school for the week and, and come and work in a radio station or be in a radio station for a week more so maybe than a first year student would. But there is definitely opportunity, particularly around the media literacy area, to expand programmes like this. I think right across the secondary school curriculum, but even come back as far as the primary school curriculum. But 
it's a brilliant program and again we ran it in 2019 we had 15 radio stations participating in it we had at least 15 students in each radio station creating brilliant content for radio stations and it was a great way to connect younger people with the radio stations for both you know huge benefits from the radio stations perspective but also from the the students perspective and some of the content Jim that they produced was amazing you know looking at items from you know climate change mental health sport you know ladies versus men's sport and payments and they looked at fast fashion and, you know, the interviews that some of these kids got while they were doing the, the programme was phenomenal and there was brilliant content um, produced as part of it. And I'm delighted to say that we have recently, as of last week, secured funding to roll out that programme um, for the next three years. We, I suppose, took a, a chance in terms of applying for the funding to see if we could get it for a three-year period and we were awarded it last week. So we're really delighted to be able to say that so we can now offer... TY students um, a programme for the next three years um, as, as, as they're doing the, the course. We got huge uptake on it in the first year, so we expect it would be the same when we start to roll it out again later this year and early into the following year. That's great. And I suppose it's about showing TY students the opportunities that are out there on, uh, on radio and how to get yeah. involved and yeah. the basics of the kind of thing. The basics and really giving them an understanding, Jim, yeah. as well, too, of how radio works and how a programme like yours comes together, how a news story comes together, how a sports story comes together. You know, and we got feedback from students at the end of the week. You know, I thought they just went in and pulled up the fader and they just spoke, whereas, you know, realising the preparation that goes into five minutes of radio versus one hour of radio, I think that really, really opened their eyes. And we, you know, we introduced them to concepts like storytelling, interviewing. We also give them a brief overview of media law. to get to really understand the station that they're in then as well, in terms of what content will work well for the audience of a particular radio station. But it, it, And it's amazing to watch the students coming in from week to week. They come in on a Monday quite shy, and then they don't want to leave on the Friday because they've had such a good time and they've got to meet so many people, you know, they meet the sports people, they meet the news people, they meet the sales people, they meet the managers in the radio stations and they really get a a really good insight as to how radio works and, you know, when they're listening to content, how that content is created. So it's it's been really good from from that perspective. It must also be great too uh, to build up their own confidence in speaking out and uh, doing it on radio and all that. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's, and I tried as much as I could to get round to the radio stations for that end of it when they were presenting their programmes on air and to see them sitting in the studio and they're live on Radio Kerry or they're live on Shannon Side or they're live on Beast and in Waterford. It's phenomenal. And you, you, you see them grow from, you know, the Monday to the Friday. And, you know, lots of different kids came into the course that we did in 2019 with lots of different abilities, but they all had an equal chance to be part of this programme and to have, and they all did have an equal chance to have their voice on air as well. And it was just brilliant to see that. Brilliant to see how the kids worked with each other. We, you know, say for, you took, for example, it was running Radio Kerry, we said that, you know, you can apply from any school, but we could only take two to three people from each school because it was as much about, you know, 15 different people in a room and you're learning from those and you're getting to know them as well as getting to know radio. And, you know, the kids told us coming out of it that they, they made so many friends as well as part of that week, which which is brilliant. But, yeah, it was brilliant because they all got to voice something on air which is phenomenal Teresa do you feel parts of society have lost their belief in journalism 
Um, great question, Jim. During the pandemic, I think the trust and the the love for local radio certainly has come back. I think probably prior to that, maybe it was starting to slip a little bit. But interestingly, back in May of last year, Ipsos MOBI conducted a survey and it showed very clearly that radio and TV and radio probably would have lagged behind TV for a number of years in terms of trust, but it put both of them up there at 7.9 out of 10 in terms of how audiences perceived the content that they were receiving from both radio and TV. And that's radio right across the, the spectrum in Ireland, including the community radio stations, RTE and ourselves, in terms of the independent sector. So I think, you know, COVID may have brought um, that to the fore and the importance of local radio being a trusted source of news and information, but also on the other side of it, providing listeners and audiences with an opportunity to, to get away from that news element as well too and provide entertainment in mm-hmm. as well. I think the importance of it has really come to the fore since COVID-19 and I think there is a, was a great trust in what the content that they're getting where the understanding or the lack of understanding might be from the general public I think is how all of this radio station content is funded and you know we're a commercial um, we represent the commercial sector you represent the community sector we all have to take in money to, to stay alive and to stay on air and I think maybe there's a greater appreciation for that now than maybe there had been before COVID, particularly before COVID-19. I know uh, from my own experience when I was growing up in Belfast uh, like most people uh, the concept of fake news was never heard I never heard it uh, there. and what you watched on TV you believed yeah, if it was mm-hmm. the news, if it was the BBC, if it was any any channel you believed. And now there's this culture of nearly if someone doesn't like something, it's fake news. And you're trying to educate the next generation of hard to spot fake news. Absolutely. And I think, you know, we all have a huge part to play in that and ensuring that, you know, and I suppose that's back to our TY programme again and in, mm-hmm. in educating people about how the content that they're hearing on you know, the radio and the TVs is created, how it's verified, how it's checked, all of that, and how much work goes into it behind the scenes to make sure that that content that goes out there is correct, you know, and that, be it on, you know, through your speakers, through your FM traditional channels, or be it on social media platforms that radio stations are on. And I think we're seeing that as well, too, the content that is shared on radio stations, social media channels is seen to be trusted, it seems to be, you know, because the no behind the scenes that it's verified that it's been checked that it's trusted sources of news and information and I think it's, it's their responsibility as an industry as well to put that message out there and to get that message and to show the next generation that this is how it's created and this is how it works and that that is why it's a trusted you know just that great saying you know it's better to be right than to be first you know with the yeah. information that you're putting out there from from a radio station's perspective you know and that you know can sometimes be so the opposite when it comes maybe to social media channels as well too, which have their place as well, but, you know. Teresa, from engaging with stations and media organisations nationally, what do they see as the difficulties facing the sector? I suppose the, the top one, Jim, at the minute is in terms of the commercial viability of the sector and the funding, giving that, you know, within our own sector, we've 34 stations right across the country. Every one of them is depending on the advertising that comes in from the businesses that they work with. They don't receive any funding from the government like yourselves. Um, so that is a huge, huge challenge. And I suppose just prior to COVID, that industry was only coming out and really recovering from the previous recession. And then COVID-19 
has hit so it's been really hit hard you know radio stations have been doing a lot of events have been doing um, you know different elements to their businesses as well too that would have generated different sources of revenue which were going really well for the radio stations and all of that has stopped so the biggest challenge at the moment is funding I suppose then after that then really would be the um, what we talked about as well too I suppose is that whole area of misinformation and trust mm-hmm. and re-engaging with people to ensure that the messages we're putting out there are correct and that they know that they're correct as well. Um, another area that is going to be a challenge for the industry as well too, interestingly enough, is recruitment of staff and retention of staff um, across the industry. And we're now seeing that as the radio stations are starting to you know, get busier and they're starting to maybe look for people to come back to work, probably not unlike many sectors. Um, and it's recruitment and retention of staff across the sector that's going to be key. And again, that comes back tied into the funding and the commercial element of of the business as well and the other big challenge and that had been there prior to COVID-19 is this whole area of the social media giants that are in the operating across all the countries and all jurisdictions at the minute in terms of you know the Googles and the Facebooks of this world taking the advertising pie and taking a big chunk of the advertising pie away from um, traditional organisations like radio stations as well so it's, it's just trying to balance all of those things at the moment in terms of the challenge that are there for the commercial sector. Yeah, so it's challenging times for the industry, but it's it's positive times too, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, challenging, but there's opportunities that are there as well. And when you see, you know, programs like the TY program that we mentioned, journalism graduate program, you know, they don't happen in isolation of the sector and the sector being involved within, you know, developing those programs. Learning ways is very much sector driven and driven by what the sector sees that it needs, um, you know, in terms of training programs for people that are working there, but in terms of what it can do to attract new people into the industry and link with people who are looking to get into the industry. So I think, look, there's huge opportunities. We all know there's huge opportunities in terms of audio and audio distribution and the different channels that your audio can be on. There's podcasting that is a growing area in the sector as well. And I suppose it's just about trying to find the right opportunities and the commercial um, relevance of those opportunities that are there as well so where maybe podcasting can bring in additional revenue they're now looking mm-hmm. at you know digital a lot's gone into digital and digital campaigns for clients as well too which will start to generate revenue over the coming weeks and months and look at as businesses start to reopen and um, things will start to to um look better I suppose hopefully from the sector side again. Next up we're going to play Teresa's second pick of music for today what have you got for us Teresa? Oh, I'd have to go today, Jim, with um, you too. It's a beautiful day because it's a beautiful day where I am. That's great. That's coming up next. The heart is a bloom Shoots up through the stony ground There's no room Space to win in this town, you're out of luck. And the reason that you had to care, the traffic is stuck, and you're not moving anywhere. You thought you'd found a friend to take you out of this place, someone you could lend a hand in return.
broken by cloud See the tuna fleets clearing the sea out See the bed wind fires at night See the oil fields at first light And see the birds with the leaving her mouth After the flood all the colors came out This product is for over 18 existing adult smokers and vapors only, as it contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive substance. Are you ready to discover the unseen? Because I'm never one to miss out on the moments that matter. That's why, these days, I choose Nordic Spirit Nicotine Pouches. I can enjoy them anytime, anywhere. With no tobacco, no smoke, no fuss, no smell. However busy my days or nights get, I just slip a pouch under my lip and relax. Nordic Spirit, available in Smooth Mint or Berry Citrus. It's the Nordic way to enjoy nicotine that's now available in Ireland. Follow us on Instagram at nordicspirit underscore IE. Welcome back. I'm joined in studio today by Teresa Hanrally, project manager at Learning Wave Skillnet. Has the rise of social media, citizen journalists and influencers impacted on the commercial sector negatively, do you think? I suppose, Jim, from a, from a commercial side of it, the rise of social media has impacted negatively on the, the sector in terms of, you know, the, the advertising spend that has now gone to the social media giants that may have been traditionally invested into radio or into TV um, over the last number of years. So that has had a huge impact on the sector. But I think slowly we may be getting some of that back um, in terms of, you know, clients and, and radio stations designing and delivering you know, campaigns that work not only on air but on social media for their their businesses as well too. But in terms of, I suppose, not from so much from a content end um, and the whole citizen journalism end of it, I think it, it presents challenges for the sector in that, you know, everybody now sees themselves as a citizen journalist. Um, but I suppose the real difference between the citizen journalist and the, the people working in radio stations is, as we mentioned earlier, going back to, you know, verifying the stories that you're putting out there, the trust that is in the content that radio stations would put out there. And I think all too often, you know, some people are too quick to rush to social media. And we probably have seen a dearth of that mm-hmm. during COVID-19, where people are very quick to post content that maybe, you know, had the thought about it for five or ten minutes should never have been posted on the social media yeah. platform because the impact that that can have. Um, and I think that's a challenge as well, too. And that's an education 
role that we all need to play is educating people in terms of the use of social media and the impact that the content that is put up on social media can have on people around them um, and on themselves as well too in terms of you know yourself as well as I do the whole area of broadcast law and defamation law and the impact that, that can have on radio stations and the content that they put out not only on their um, traditional FM channels but also on their social media channels as well too and I think more and more we need to educate people around that um, in terms of the content that they're putting out on these social media channels I would say it's a challenge, but it's also an opportunity, I think, for the sector in terms of, you know, educating people, helping people as well, too, in terms of the content that they're putting out there and why they're putting it out there. How successful do you think Learning Waves are in building a relationship between the audience and the Irish media? I suppose, Jim, right from from the start, I suppose, when Learning Waves was set up, it was designed, you know, to design and deliver training programmes that would upskill people working across the radio sector. And having done that very successfully for the last 17 years, I suppose we have um, built a trusted relationship with the audiences and particularly with audiences at local level for local radio stations where we are working very hard with people that are working in those radio stations to to upskill and um, to give them new skills to allow them to get out to meet people to meet their their audiences and I think we have developed skills that allow people now to create trusted content um, that has had a very positive impact on the Irish audiences right across the, the country. And I think particularly as well, too, in the last 15 months, we've worked with the radio stations to secure COVID funding through the Sound and Vision um, fund for them, which you know saw them deliver bespoke and unique elements of programming that focused particularly on a local area a local group in a local area that really resonated with that area and how it was being impacted by COVID-19. But now, and more importantly, we're hearing more of the positive stories, how they're coming out of COVID-19 and how local economies, local businesses, local clubs, be it sports clubs, your GAA, your badminton, your soccer, whatever they might be, but how they're all rebounding and reopening and starting to, you know, take their place again in society. And I think, you know, all of what we do is aimed at building that trust and ensuring that that trust remains between the radio station and the audiences that they serve right across the country. Teresa, just uh, uh, taking a step away from learning waves uh, there for a second, can you tell me about your own background uh, before you came to learning waves? Before I came to learning waves, God, it seems like such a long time ago now, Jim, and then it only seems like yesterday since I joined learning waves. Somebody did tell me when I when I started with learning waves, it's very hard to get into the radio sector, but it's twice as hard to get out of it. So <laughs> I could be living proof of that here, 17 years later. I came into learning waves back in 2004 for nine months. We had funding for nine months, and that was the, the contract then. So there you go, 17 years later. But prior to that, I. When I suppose we go way back and go back a wee bit and I studied my first master's in the IT in Sligo and I did that and focused around the whole training area at the time. It looked at training in manufacturing and how that was impacting on the products that people were you know, making and the quality of the products. There was a master's in quality management from Sligo IT, which I absolutely loved and love Sligo still as a result of it. Um, from there, I went and did some traveling. I went to Australia and I went to China. I went to America, did your typical, I suppose, finished college get out and get out of the country before you start working. Came back and worked as a training consultant in Dublin with a company called the Irish Productivity Centre for a number of years and worked there with various companies setting up training plans, training programmes, the force, excellence through people, 
standard would have been quite big then and we worked with companies on securing that, looking at um, and audits for that as well too. Um, following that, I came back and worked locally with a consultancy company, AQS, in RD in County Loud, which is where I'm from. And during that time, I started my second master's, which was in DCU, and it was a master's in um, HR strategy. And at the time, when I was almost finished the master's, I think I had about four months left to do in the master's, I got a call for um, a job with a recruitment agency in Dublin, and it was the one for the project manager of Learning Waves. And I, and I guess I haven't looked back since that. So that's probably a quick snapshot of my my career but outside of that I suppose and outside of work I'm involved in the GAA here in the area that I live in which is a place in Midloud called Stavannan and I'd be a keen cyclist as well too and I would have done a number of cycles down through the years and raised money for charity over the last number of years. I suppose a bit like yourself involved in a number of organisations in the community from the GAA club to the credit union to fundraising organisations and um, so I suppose yeah that's that's my background Jim in terms of Coming into re- coming into um, learning ways and what I did before that, but um, it's been a, it's been a really good journey, a really interesting journey, and a really fun journey, I suppose, um, up to now, and hopefully it will continue to be that over the next couple of years. Teresa, Learning Waves is launching its Radio Matters Lunchtime mm-hmm. series for 2021. Can you tell us a wee bit about that? Yeah, this is a new series that we brought to market, I suppose, about. Um, I suppose probably about a month ago now, Jim, and really it's to give people an opportunity. It's called the Lunchtime Series, you know, grab your lunch, come sit down at your desk, whether that be at home or back in the office, and we will bring you a speaker and they will be in conversation with somebody who will interview them. And the idea of it, I suppose, is that we have about a 40 to 45 minute session with an expert in a particular area. So some of the areas that we would have covered at the moment are the whole area of creativity and what you know the title was what's the story with creativity and how is that in the sector how is that impacting on the sector how is it impacting on clients engaging with the sector as well too and what radio can do to improve the creativity of its radio ads and of its sound so it really is i suppose giving people the opportunity to have access to an expert in a particular area for about 40 to 45 minutes um, over the next couple of months, we have one coming up next week, which is going to look at, which I think will be really interesting. It's going to look at what's the story with Irish consumers. And we hear a lot of talk about, you know, all of the money that's been saved during COVID-19. You know, people are talking about it being spent, but there's actually, you know, studies out there to say maybe people are going to be a little bit more cautious about how to spend their money. So that will be interesting to see what that means for radio stations and the businesses that they're working with over the coming months. Um, We'll also look at areas such as innovation as well, too. We had um, a group director from Barrow Media with us as well, too, during the, the early stages of the Radio Matters series. So, And we would probably take a break then in, in August in those series and bring them back then in September. And probably from September onwards, we look then very much at the, the programming and the content element of radio. And it's really just to share experiences of experts and leaders in certain fields with people in the radio industry and just to hear their stories and how they have I suppose navigated COVID-19 and how they see the world beyond COVID-19 and the opportunities that are there for for everybody so look it's just a nice thing to do over lunch sit down and um, listen to two people in conversation I suppose like you and me are now in conversation about a topic of interest which would you know range over the coming months. Teresa, for listeners that would like to find out more about Learning Waves, how can they contact you? 
they can contact me by going to our website, which is simply learningways.ie, and we're on all of the social media platforms. We're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram um, as well too, and we're there on LinkedIn as well. So look, it's just learningways.ie. There's an email, info at learningways.ie, and you can find all about, you can find out all about the courses that we do, the programs that we're offering, like the Radio Matter series, but also the Journalism Graduate Program and um, our TY program, which we will be bringing um, to you later in the year. Details of that are not available on our website yet. But, you know, and on the website, my email is there as well. My phone number is there. And, you know, I genuinely do mean it when I say if people are genuinely interested in getting into radio and we can help them in any way, do give me a call or do drop me an email and we'll try and help people as much as we can um, in terms of furthering their careers in whatever area of radio it might be. That's great. Okay, that's all we have time for today on the show. I'd like to thank my guest, Teresa Hanrody, Project Manager at Learning Wave Skillnet, for taking the time to sit down with me today and have the chat. I'd like to thank Margaret McHugh, the Production Manager, and Louis Fargo for helping me do the research. Our last pick of the day by Teresa is... I think we will go with the Cranberries and Linger. That's great. That's coming up next. Thanks, Teresa. Thanks very much, Jim. Thank you.
This product is for over 18 existing adult smokers and vapors only, as it contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive substance. Are you ready to discover the unseen? Because I'm never one to miss out in the moments that matter. That's why, these days, I choose Nordic Spirit Nicotine Pouches. I can enjoy them anytime, anywhere. With no tobacco, no smoke, no fuss, no smell. However busy my days or nights get, I just slip a pouch under my lip and relax. Nordic Spirit, available in Smooth Mint or Berry Citrus. It's the Nordic way to enjoy nicotine that's now available in Ireland. Follow us on Instagram at nordicspirit underscore ie. Hi, Jim McCausland here, presenter of the Business R Show on Ross FM. Just dropping by to let you know the Business R Show airs every Thursday from 5pm to 6pm on Ross FM 94.6. To listen in, visit rossfm.ie forward slash live or download my weekly podcast from anchor.fm forward slash the Business R Show. Text your questions and comments to 083-85-99748 or info at rossfm.ie. The Business R Show, supporting local and international business through local radio.